Welcome to the Global Nashville Program. I'm Patrick Ryan, President of the Tennessee World Affairs Council. This evening we have uh, something a little different. Our regular host for Global Nashville, former Mayor Carl Dean, is away. So we've asked Ralph Schultz, President of the Nashville Chamber of Commerce, to guest host the program. And he has asked Butch Sparadon, the President of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, as his guest. Ralph, Butch, thanks for being with us tonight. Well, Patrick, always always a pleasure to be here and um, always enjoy seeing Carl. So I, I, I'll miss seeing Carl, but we have a great guest in, in Butch, I think. And I'm picturing Carl when I look at you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm flattered. I don't know how Carl would feel. So, <laughs> um, well, we're, we're excited to be here to talk about uh, what I consider to be one of the most important organizations uh, in Nashville because it brands Nashville on a global basis. Uh, a well, lot glad, of glad, glad to have both of you here. But Ralph, before I turn things over to you, let me mention uh, to our audience that uh, biographies for both you and, and Butch are on our uh, website and for the, uh, the archive version in our program notes. Uh, but let me just say that uh, uh, both of these gentlemen, their rich professional experiences have prepared them well to head two organizations that are key to both the uh, expansion of our community prosperity and the success in making Nashville a global brand. So Ralph, uh, over to you and uh, we look forward to our conversation tonight. All right, well, great. So Butch, let's start <laughs> off. Has Nashville always been a um, international destination? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, we dabbled in it, you know, over the years. I think we made a little bit of a or run in the 90s, uh, but we really didn't hit our stride till the last seven to 10 years and uh, took a lot of work and a lot of start and stops. So what do you think, what's the attraction to international visitors to Nashville? Um, well, the obvious answer is music. Um, and maybe gave us the credibility for a bit of a jump start or maybe leap faster than Ralph, I think uh, Butch mentioned he might might be having some uh, power Wi-Fi issues there. so, uh, until he comes back, I'll uh, I'll join the uh, the screen here with you, and and maybe uh, you and I can talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, might be on on your mind in in terms of what's happening in the city uh, in in the global capacity. And and you were on with Carl, I guess it's been about six months now, so uh, that's uh, that's light years um, in terms of what's been going on. Uh, what what's on your mind uh, that you'd like to share? from the uh, chamber perspective, uh, as, as we look at, uh, you know, we thought we were coming out of the pandemic. Everybody got optimistic, started going uh, to brunch and um, buying uh, tickets to the, the sounds and everything else. And, and here we are staring another wave in the face and we're all uncertain as, as to what's ahead. How, how does that factor in to the starts and stops from uh, your perspective on, on the chamber's work? Well, you know, I think, People are eager to be back in business. People are eager to be back at full speed. But I, 
the Delta variant has definitely created some more caution in various spaces. I think from an economic recovery perspective, we were right on target. We had uh, forecast a return of the economy in Nashville in the second quarter of 21, and it happened. I think when, uh, when we have Butch back, we'll talk a little bit about the fact that in a lot of ways, the hospitality sector, which we expected to lag behind uh, the rest of the economy, has actually come back faster than we, than we expected. If you talk to Doug Krulin out at the airport, he'll tell you that about 85% of their departures are leisure travelers. Usually the mix is about 60-40 business leisure, um, but right now about 85% leisure and that hospitality sector is coming back a little bit quicker than we than we expected, but I don't think there's any question that um, that people have gotten a little more cautious with this variant and the transmissibility of the uh, uh, of the virus. Um, you know, we're still looking at businesses making adjustments on remote work. We're still seeing businesses making adjustments on when they'll return to the to, to full operation in place. Uh, but by and large, businesses of Nashville are just moving on with doing their business. Yeah, you know, if you if you follow the business papers, uh, Nashville is uh, still high ranked there, uh, both in attracting tech sector and it uh, seems a lot of people are moving out of California for some reason, and uh, Nashville is high on the list of, of people grabbing some of those. When when you were last here with uh, with Carl, uh, I think the 800-pound gorilla in the room, the the name that could not be mentioned, um, uh, perhaps might have been the, the Oracle announcement that, that came shortly after that. So we're seeing some uh, fantastic growth, and and uh, how, how does that factor into what we should be looking forward to in, in coming years? Is there is there a uh, endless supply or is this a, a surge that you know, we, we can see tapering off at some point? Well, I'm going to kind of give you the reverse sequence here of what, what creates that expansion of opportunity. Uh, jobs obviously creates expanded opportunity for the people in this region. <clears throat> but the availability of workforce is what's job driving that job creation. Um, and quality of life drives the availability of workforce. So, you know, as we talk with Butch about things like uh, hospitality, entertainment, tourism, you know, those cultural experiences that are represented in Nashville um, are really key to the quality of life for the people that are here as well as the people that are, that are visiting. So uh, Butch, great to have you back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Thanks for having me back so quick. Yeah, two appearances, two appearances. I, uh, my right. apologies. I Over to y'all. And then I lost Wi-Fi and I don't know what's going on. I'm blaming Ida. So. Yeah, I think uh, there's been, there have been spot power outages all day in various places. So we were talking a little bit about what makes Nashville attractive to an international traveler. Is it is it easy for an international traveler to experience Nashville in its fullest? Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the one of the strengths. We're easy to consume, and we always talk about our our people. But we're such a friendly community that it's almost it almost works in reverse. We're 
were so quick to say, can I help you get in your face that internationals will quickly back off like, what do you want? And when they realize <laughs> we don't want anything except to be nice, then they embrace it. But it's, it's a bit startling for a lot of them. But I think it's one of our assets that uh, our, our creative culture, our music brand, and our authenticity all wrapped into this Southern hospitality that is truly unique. Uh, it works for us and we're not gonna let it go. So, so when you hear commentary from people who have visited here and then moved here, okay? Cause we, we see that a lot. <laughs> yeah. we, see, we see businesses that will have a business meeting here or they'll experience a convention here. And the next thing we know we're, we're getting inquiries from businesses and people that wanna move to this area. Um, how important do you think that visit, that visitation to Nashville is to the general economic position of Nashville? It's like somebody paying us to advertise our city. It works. And I've always seen that since I first started in this business. But you just said, as people discover places, they either think about opening an expansion, relocating a headquarters, just moving for retirement moving for lifestyle, it, it works to our advantage. And uh, I've always thought what the chamber does and what we do, we're inextricably tied to each other because in reverse, uh, some company that looks here to either move or does move, and then they go, maybe we should have our convention, our annual meeting in Nashville as well. So it feeds, we feed off of each other. And those people that are looking at us, they. They can't get enough of this city. I, you know, I, I'd like to be able to bottle it and sell it, but it's it's that thing, you know. Nashville has that thing that people can't explain, and it works. Yeah, there's there's a real vibe. Uh, we often say with our economic development prospects that are that if we can get them to Nashville, then uh, we've got them in our clutches. Um, uh, Visiting I here. totally agree that when people, the, one, the perception that exists from somebody that's never been here versus the perception once they have been, it's not even 180 degrees. I don't know how you can get further apart, but it's, it's further. And it's our secret sauce. We get them here, nine out of 10 times, we'll close the sale. So, so let's talk for a second about events and how important they might be uh, as well. We've just come off a Grand Prix. We've had the NFL draft. We've had any number of events, women's Final Four, et cetera. How important are they to projecting Nashville into the global community? And then how important are they to have people respond back to that? It, you know, people calling and saying, want to be there. Well, events have always been a key part of our strategy. You know, when we kind of looked up and you were involved, we went, we don't have a theme park. We don't have a beach. We don't have mountains. We don't have huge business travel. You know, I always hear the experts tell me what we don't have. Uh, so we started using events to get people's attention. And CMA Music Fest was one of the first and it's televised globally. That's the real value to it. And, and people do come from all over the world. The Grand Prix was televised internationally. 
uh, when we host uh, some of the soccer matches we've hosted. And uh, this weekend, U.S. And, and Canada will be here, and that game will be carried in Canada and in Mexico. Uh, it's free marketing. It's free advertising. The draft went to 28 countries. You know, the NFL could not have done us a better favor than say, put the shield on Nashville skyline and then send it out across the world. And people always see us having fun. And I think people marvel at that because they apparently don't have fun in their own towns, but they just see this as this, everybody's happy, everybody likes each other and everybody's having fun. And at the end of the day, you want to do business with people you like. You want to go to places where you think you'll enjoy yourself. So when these events happen, and, and, and I'm really curious about this, but you have the Grand Prix, you have uh, the, the, the World Cup soccer and, and the, the international soccer events. You have the fireworks on the 4th of July and the fireworks at, at New Year's. Do we see a lot of visitors in town for those events or are they mainly opportunities to promote the vibe of Nashville? Uh, they're both. So this past July 4th, I know we sold a thousand more room nights than we did in 2019. So we want to put heads here, butts in beds. Then we want to make sure that it's being promoted globally, and we did stream it internationally. Um, and we always survey the audience. And I never cease to be amazed. It's Australia, it's France, it's Canada, uh, it's the obviously UK and Germany, we do real well out of. But, and I don't know how they find out about it other than social media has been a great friend to us. But uh, I think, I know I've had Australians and UK clients or people we work peers come in for New Year's Eve and they're blown away that we could produce an event like that, the quality of the talent, the safety of the crowd, and just the enjoyment of the experience. So word is spreading and you always got to give for us. We've got to give people a reason to decide to come and pick a date. So that's part of that whole event strategy come here. When we talked to the Grand Prix, you know, first thing we said was early August. You know, we didn't give them a lot of windows. We don't need help in June. We don't need help around July 4th. You know, we said, August needs help. We'll help you if you help us. And so that strategy works in filling holes. That strategy works in free PR. And that strategy works in driving revenue for uh, the city and the state. So the hospitality sector, number two sector in Nashville um, as an economic engine, uh, how important was the Grand Prix, especially, you know, following up now on the, the COVID shutdown period, uh, the fact that the CMA Music Festival wasn't able to be held th this year, d does that make a, does that timing make a difference for us in, in the hospitality sector? Huge difference, uh, especially to your point this year. We were looking for any and every opportunity to have an event that had some kind of television component with it. And the television component was important to tell the world that we're open, that we're, we have activities going on. And the 
obviously the economic activities was exactly that. We needed to stimulate uh, hotel sales, restaurant sales, and general spending in the community, which we had been without for a year and a half. And maybe to further emphasize your point, you know, we had TV, and it wasn't international with the SEC tournament. We had ACM awards televised and it did have international. Then we, we have a CMA special coming up, July 4th, had a ton of international TV exposure and then the Grand Prix. So when you're filling hotel rooms, which is what my job really is, and you're generating international PR at the same time, that's, it doesn't get any better than that for us because we always strive to be able to do both. We're really happy if we do one or the other, but both is a home run. So when you, um, when you think about international travel to Nashville and international travel out of Nashville, obviously we're looking at flights to and from Nashville to international destinations. We're looking at an airport that's under construction. Talk a little bit about the role of the airport and the role of flights uh, uh, to creating this global presence. Uh, well, without a world-class airport and without the service that goes with it, we don't have a shot. So, you know, Chamber has a great relationship with the airport. We do. Uh, we're always talking to them about adding more flights and they're always talking to us about bringing more people and I can add more flights. So it's a, it's a chicken and egg that works both ways, literally. Uh, but we're partners and you know, we work together on the British Air recruitment. Uh, we're in conversations now with another major carrier to start service and we learn. Oh, actually over the 4th, uh, an airline came in for the 4th, blown away, left with saying, let's reignite our international conversation. And then at the same time, they said, you all have no idea how close you were to a second European flight just prior to COVID. Like we were weeks away from that. Let's do this. And then COVID shut us down and we'll lose at least two years in that, that battle. So we've created the interest. We have demonstrated demand. We have demonstrated that the market from an origin standpoint is plays way bigger than any of the airlines or really any of the exports ever thought. Uh, and we're pulling at the airport from Louisville, from Birmingham, from Huntsville, from Memphis, from Knoxville. So we have a, I think their term is catchment. We have a huge catchment area that plays way bigger than our MSA. And that's probably been the biggest surprise to both us and the, uh, and the airlines. So Butch, the, the, you're working that European flight for years and years, chamber uh, uh, alongside of you. Mm -hmm. um, what actually caused it to happen the first time? And then you know, talk a little bit about, about, about the expansion of that flight, uh, that flight too. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll spare you too many of the details, but you know, I was involved, you were involved in one of them, five trips to meet with British Air. And, you know, think of it as Derrick Henry's stiff arm. I can't think of anything worse than receiving that four times. Uh, but I think persistence, 
uh, and I'll give, give some credit kind of at the closing, we took them to a Kings of Leon concert in, in Hyde Park. So they were the headliner in the London Summerfest. Uh, VIP'd them in the back, hang out backstage, took the lead guy on stage for the show, then took them to the after party. And so you had Lily Aldridge, who's a supermodel, international supermodel. Actually, at the time, her image was on a 60-foot image in Heathrow. Uh, you had Stella McCartney, uh, Paul McCartney's daughter, uh, John McEnroe. Chris Fowler was up there calling Wimbledon. And they were all at this after party. And the British Air folks all of a sudden stopped and went, wait a minute, this isn't a country band. And all these people are hanging out and love Nashville. And the light bulb went off. Uh, and the next morning, and I got to admit, and people listening would appreciate, we were out pretty late that night. And we had a 10 a.m. meeting at their headquarters, which was at Heathrow. So a long ride. And I feel like I crawled in. And the gentleman who really held the keys to the decision looked and said, we want to do this. I looked at him and well, we do too. So what do you need? Let's ink the deal. And he asked for a couple changes. We made them that day. And the rest was history. But it, persistence and overcoming the negative perceptions of our size, of the hee-haw country image, and the fact that people from the European side would travel. And I think that was the last thing that they didn't believe. And the flight was about 50-50 before it stopped during COVID. They never would have thought that Europeans would come here. They figured they would do pretty well out of Nashville. And that's what they were counting on, but they were shocked at the return, the origin out of the UK and out of Europe. So we're better than we think we are. We're better than the perception of people, but Overcoming that is always the obstacle. You know that with the prospects you talk to. Seemed like the number of flights accelerated really quickly. Uh, seemed like, uh, you know, it, it, judging their risk at the beginning, they maybe judged it more risky than it actually was. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They started with five days. We begged for seven, but we were one of the fastest new startups in the U.S., to go from five to seven days. And shortly after the seven, we jumped to a bigger plane. And just before COVID, we were informed they were going to that, I think it was the 767 they were coming with. And they were pretty proud. And we were pretty proud that in yeah. a very short amount of time, we had uh, exceeded all expectations. Kind of reminds me of when the convention center was going up, we were trying to talk that, 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 hotel to to build extra floors on top and i guess two or three years later they're wishing they had built those additional floors yeah bob from omni uh made the wrong call yeah. we tried to tell him we absolutely mm -hmm. tried so just a couple of quick stats how many hotel rooms are there in nashville i mean we've seen this explosion of hotels in in, in downtown nashville what's are they staying full and are they, again, the international travel? 
or do they find those accommodations to be what they expect when they get here? Yeah, they find the accommodations they expect now. That wasn't the case five, 10 years ago. Uh, there's about 37,000 rooms in Davidson County today. And there's about 4,000 under construction or planned that are definitely planned. So we'll go over 40,000 rooms for Davidson County over 55,000 in the MSA. So that puts us in a pretty pretty competitive category. Uh, the best thing that's happened out of it is the diversity of the brands from the Dream to the New W to the Joseph to Conrad and even the Grand Hyatt. All of the new flags have filled voids on either boutique style or a flag we desperately needed, like a four season. So um, it's working, ask, ask, answer your last question. July and August will have exceeded 2019 in terms of hotel demand. So it's still, and there's a little bit of a race. You can't use occupancy right now because there are so many more rooms, but in terms of demand, we're exceeding when we peaked uh, back in July and August of 19. So to what do you attribute the speed of the recovery? Because even, you know, as we do our economic forecasting, we didn't expect the return of hospitality this quickly. No, uh, we did not either. So it's a great case where if you want to tell me how wrong I was, you, you could. Um, but pent up leisure demand. People had government money and had been sick of staying home. And almost, I don't mind saying, almost to our detriment, uh, they're coming in waves and they forgot their manners to a large degree when they have decided to come back. But our convention business is also starting to pick back up and that's the real bread and butter. That's the true sign of our recovery. So we need that. Hey, Patrick, I wanted to, I'm not seeing any uh, questions uh, in the Q&A. I Am see I one now. None, none yet, but I have uh, a couple of questions in from um, our Facebook Live. We get those via Twitter. So uh, hey, let, Patrick, let me, yes, sir. I'm sorry, there is a question from Jim. It says, have incoming international travelers been traveling beyond Nashville to other cities? Or is it mostly here and back? Um, for the most part, they travel beyond. Uh, the good thing is they come for a longer period of time. So I'll mention two things. One, we have a partnership with Atlanta and New Orleans and we call it Rhythms of the South. And we market ourselves together. Atlanta's our primary gateway. That's why they're our partner. New Orleans had the foot in the door of international before we did. So we like being their partner. And we were the new kid on the block that added some sizzle. Uh, that's been a great partnership. All three cities have benefited from visitation. Uh, the other piece of that is Memphis and Graceland, more I should say Graceland and then Memphis. There's still a huge following to go see where Elvis lived and what he wanted to do. Uh, and I don't understand how that's still a thing, but it is still a thing. So they do travel beyond and they tend to stay a couple of weeks while they're here. And if we can get four or five nights, we're really happy which from uh, a Facebook Live viewer, 
there are limits, uh, COVID limits on international travel to the U.S. in place, but downtown seems to be packed with visitors. Do you know if we're if you're still getting international tourists? Uh, it seems like we'll be over capacity when international travel does get back to normal. Uh, we're, if we're getting any, we're getting very little international right now. Uh, they have been sequestered, hunkered down at home. Even our Canadian friends until just recently have not been allowed to travel. So I don't think we'll be overrun because I think the, the summer wave that we've seen, the onslaught, it has to wane a bit. Uh, certainly conventions will keep that out. And uh, international flight coming back will shift the market a little bit. So I'm optimistic. Hopefully I'm not falsely optimistic that there will be capacity and we'll shift to a better spending, better behaving crowd. And we, uh, I think you might've touched on this a little bit, but what countries uh, are most represented in the international visiting population when things are at, at the normal rate? And are there specific countries that are being marketed to? Uh, first part, first. Canada, I think you said Australia, UK. Yeah, Canada is always our number one market. We do very little up there, uh, but we're talking to the state about doing some things. UK would be number two, <clears throat> excuse me, then Germany. And then, I, I don't know if it's by the numbers, but certainly by growth, Australia is a huge market for us. Uh, so we're working European mainland and we're working uh, the Australian market and we've just started to look at South America a little bit. Well, if you've been to Hyde Park, you might've taken a ride on the tube and you I'm sure have seen all the Jack Daniels posters uh, up. So we, we probably, Nashville probably gets uh, some credit from the Tennessee brand as well. Uh, without question. And we don't do anything anywhere internationally that we don't bring Jack Daniels with us, literally and figuratively. They're a partner, uh, they're a brand, and they're always ready to help us with product. So if we do a reception for clients, there's a bottle of Jack sitting, sitting on the bar and it's always a conversation. It's kind of funny. Elvis, Dolly, and Jack Daniels are the most recognizable brands internationally that I've ever seen. It's insane. I was on a, uh, a delegation to China and in my gift bags that we had to present, I had Jack Daniels, a Johnny Cash CD, and a Google cluster. And I, uh, I, I won, I won best, best uh, gift pack. I bet you did. Uh, hey, Patrick, uh, we, got, we got another Q&A. You mind if I throw this one in there? Go ahead, Ralph. All right. So here's a question from one of the viewers. Nashville's had success in creating awareness on a global scale. What's next? What do we need to do to build upon what we've accomplished so far? And Butch, let me just add to that. Are, do you feel that we've really penetrated that global awareness at this point? Um, I'd say we've penetrated the awareness. Like you can go anywhere now and you say Nashville and the taxi driver or the police officer or just a random stranger, they'll light a smile and they'll usually say Music City. <laughs> what we haven't done is convert that into dollars into visits like we need to. So that goes back to our conversation about flights. We've got to open up the market to the world, literally. I know there's a lot of interest in Japan. That isn't going to happen 
until we have at least a second flight into the European mainland. Uh, so access comes after awareness. And I think we do have the awareness, but we don't have the access yet. Patrick? I got the, one more from uh, Facebook Live. Can you comment on the connections that are made when international travelers connect in Nashville? Uh, are we building any bridges? This comes off the topic in our uh, program uh, notes. Uh, you know, at, at the World Affairs Council and in some other organizations, we're, we're all about uh, helping uh, Nashvillians know about the world. And now that the world is knowing about Nashville, um, do you get a sense that there's any enduring connections or is it just one and done? Uh, right now, it's more one and done. I think there, there is interest that has been peaked. I could use this as a, probably a bad example, but there's a big promotion in the UK called No Shave November, where they raise money for charity. And it's about not shaving your mustache or your beard. And they wanted to expand it to the States and they wanted to uh, start in Nashville. So there's those kinds of things where they see the opportunity to take Nashville music and leverage it around the world. But we haven't found the right, right opportunity yet. Uh, during uh, pre-COVID, I, I recall a couple of times on Predators game nights, bumping into Swiss visitors who were here so simply because of Roman Yossi. Uh, mm -hmm. can, can you talk a little bit about the attraction of international sports stars, both in uh, our hockey team and our, our football team, the, the other football team? I think uh, first the Preds and Nashville SC have been invaluable in terms of that international awareness because obviously those are two sports that are bigger globally than they are in uh, in the U.S. Uh, we have FIFA coming to town in two weeks for a site visit, and to your point, the uh, the main person from FIFA out of Geneva is going to get a Roman Yossi jersey uh, <laughs> as part of his welcome packet, and it's about the connection between Nashville and, and Switzerland. It's not about hockey or the Preds, but trying to make that personal connection. Uh, they're aware, they are extremely aware of the players that live here. And then, especially when the Preds went deep into the playoffs, the bylines in media around the world, at Nashville and talked about the players that we have here from the European market sites. It's invaluable. It's something we all don't think about, but it feeds the interest, it feeds the awareness, and it enhances our credibility without question. Well, gentlemen, uh, thanks for a, a great conversation about Nashville, uh, global branding, and, and where we are in the international scene. We've been talking with uh, Butch Spirit on the president and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, and our guest host for Global Nashville has been Ralph Schultz. Uh, Ralph Butch, any uh, last comments? Uh, thanks uh, for having me, Ralph. I, I, I just want to say, look, our, our Convention Visitors Corporation is world-renowned for the work that, that they've done. Butch, when did you arrive at the CVC? Uh, August of 91. August of 91. I'd like our, our, our viewers to think back to August 90, 91. <laughs> uh, 
as to what Nashville was as a hospitality center and what Nashville's brand on a global basis was. Butch, along with lots of partners and the CDC, along with lots of partners, uh, have really created a, a jewel that is known around the world. So congratulations on your work. Thank you for your work. We love being partners with you, but I think we need to note how good you guys are. Well, that's very kind. You don't do any of this stuff alone. and Unknown to you all, but Ralph was one of the founding board members when we uh, separated from the chamber about 15 years ago, uh, 16, and it's it's been a good partnership, even as we, you know, separated. So we can, we're not successful without each other. I truly believe that. Well, terrific, gentlemen. Thank you again for uh, your time this evening, and uh, let me just remind our uh, our visitors uh, today with us tonight, and also the uh, in the recording. Uh, please take a look at the Tennessee World Affairs Council website, tnwac.org. We would appreciate you becoming members. That's how we uh, pay the light bill. Or if you're not interested in membership and all of its world-class benefits, uh, please consider making uh, a donation at uh, tnwac.org. And we look forward to the next edition with Global Nashville. Hopefully, Carl will be back in the seat. Uh, but Ralph, uh, don't get too far away. <laughs> I hope Carl will be back job, too. Bro. Admirable job. <laughs> well done. Thanks, Thanks guys. Everybody Thanks have job. a good evening.